Hi, my name is Autumn Dixon, and this week is June 27th through July 3rd, and we are in 1 Kings. So a little bit of context of what we're going to be talking about today. Elijah is a prophet in an apostate Israel. So a lot of the Israelites have once again strayed from God, and Elijah was a prophet at times. So because of this apostasy, Elijah has called down he's basically closed off the rain. He says there's not going to be any more rain and there's a huge famine. And this famine is not only affecting Israel, but it's affecting a lot of the lands around Israel as well. So Elijah has to flee Israel because his life is in danger. So he leaves. He hides away because there is a queen from one of the Gentile nations who puts a price on his head. So he's hiding and he, throughout this huge famine in the land, he is fed by ravens. So ravens are coming and they're feeding him. It is at this point in time that the Lord tells Elijah that he needs to go and visit the widow of Zarephath. Zarephath. (laughs) I'm going to do my best to say that word. Zarephath. Now, in relation to the whole of the scriptures, This widow is a very, very, very small character. We don't even know her name. (laughs) However, there are huge lessons that we can learn from her and her sacrifice that she made. There are immense principles here (laughs) that I'm really, really excited about. Immense principles about this woman who chose to feed a prophet of God before feeding herself and her son. First verse I want to read today. So this is 1 Kings. It is chapter 17 and it is verse 9. So this is the commandment from the Lord to Elijah. So it says, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain me. So the prophet is commanding Elijah. He says, Go to this widow. I commanded a widow to feed you. That's really, really significant to me. He already, in some way, commanded this widow to feed Elijah. Now, that is the only detail we're given into how this widow was informed that she would be feeding a prophet of God. We don't know if an angel came to her and was like, hey, this guy's going to show up and you should feed him despite the fact that you're about to starve to death. We don't know if she saw something in a dream or if she was given just a really quiet whispering in her heart that someone was coming and she needed to feed him. (laughs) We don't really know. We just know that in some way, the Lord gave this woman a commandment that she was going to feed the prophet. So (laughs) Elijah obeys. He goes to the widow and he says, can you get me a drink of water? And as she turns to go and get him a drink of water, he says, can you also bring me a little bit of food? And I can imagine her taking a deep breath and breathing out. She pauses because she knows she has nothing left, right? At this point, she has already been watching her son starve and she has been starving as well. And despite the fact that she might have been made aware that a prophet was coming, there was still doubt there. And we know that because of 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 12. So Elijah's like, oh, bring me also some bread, please. And she says, and she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, 
but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. So, like I said, when I picture this, she pauses, right? She pauses and she was like, actually, when you showed up, I was just about to make us this last of this bread that I have, and then we are going to starve to death. Judging from her response, <laughs> and it's, it's funny because Elijah actually was like, if you feed me first, your barrel of meal will never run out. But I can't imagine that that necessarily placated her fears immediately. They weren't probably like, oh, okay, perfect. Because this woman is a Gentile. She was not an Israelite. She never had experiences with prophets. She didn't, her people didn't cross the Red Sea, right? I can't imagine that all of a sudden her fears were gone. From her response, this doubt in her response, this, well, actually we were about to eat this bread and die. Judging from that response, I'm going to guess that an angel did not come to her and say a prophet was coming. Because I imagine that if an angel had come, right, in all of their glory, an angel had come and said, there's going to be a guy here and you should feed him. I imagine that it would have been a little bit easier to just go and get the food and be like, yeah, the angel told me to feed you. I'm just going to go get that. Not complain at all. I imagine that this commandment that she had received from the Lord was small enough that this sacrifice that she was about to make in giving the prophet food was extremely painful, despite the fact that Elijah made this promise that, that she was never going to run out of food. So why did she do it? <laughs> that is my question. Because she was not a member, right? She wasn't a member of the church. <laughs> why would she choose to do this? I can think of two possible reasons as to why this widow might have been like, okay, yeah, I'm going to feed this prophet. First reason is that she was inherently good. That the way that she had lived her life had prepared her to be kind to strangers and to be giving. She knew there was a famine going on in the land, right? And I can see that she was kind of like, okay, well, I can go make this bread. I can still give my son the portion that I was going to give to my son. And then this stranger can have my portion. I mean, I'm going to die anyway, right? <laughs> That's the possible first reason that she was just this really, really good selfless person. And I believe that the lesson in that, like if this was the reason that she chose to feed the prophet, I can imagine the lesson here goes beyond just trying to be good like this widow. For us as members of the church, it's extremely humbling, extremely humbling. Let's think about who she might be in our day right? Do we turn away from those people? Think about what this widow has been living through, right? She's, <laughs> she's poor. She's got no food. There's no water in the land. So I can't imagine she was taking any baths. So she's probably filthy. Her house, probably filthy if there was even much of a house to begin with. And yet she passed a test that many of us very, <laughs> very much might have failed. We can't know what's in a person's heart. When we see a woman standing on the side of the highway with a cardboard sign, do we turn away? If we do choose to share with that person on the side of the highway, do we pat ourselves on the back for doing it? Or do we take just a second and recognize that person for the child of God that they are? 
that that person may have the same noble, incredible spirit that this widow had? Do we see them for who they truly are? A potentially great spirit hidden behind evidence that life can be really cruel? People are often products of their environment, right? This widow was probably passed over often, but the Lord saw her and the Lord sent her an opportunity to show forth faith and to be given a miracle, right? Do we see people the same way that the Lord sees people? Second potential reason that this widow decided to share her food with the prophet. (laughs) I identify with this one more, just throwing that out there now. So like I said before, the commandment that she received from the Lord did not wipe out all her fear. We know that because the response that she was giving where she was like, okay, I'll get you the bread. But just so you know, we were about to eat it and then die of starvation. In my mind, another potential reason that she did this was because she had nothing to lose. She was about to die. Like I said, I identify with this reason very strongly. I wonder if she thought, well, I'm doomed anyway, right? Maybe this dream that I had or this feeling that I had that I needed to feed this person, maybe this stranger who made this promise that I would never run out of food, maybe there's something here. I'm going to die anyway, so let's try it, (laughs) right? If there's any chance that this guy has the power to do this, let's try it because There's no other options for me anyway. Now, this isn't as inspiring as this idea that this woman was just innately good. But there is a really good lesson here. (laughs) And I love it, right? So what's the lesson? It is a lesson in human nature and the wisdom of God. Up until this point that Elijah met the widow, he was being miraculously fed by birds. (laughs) And then the commandment comes, you need to go to this widow. The Lord could have sent Elijah at any point up until then, right? At any point in time, the Lord could have said, okay, let's go to this widow now. He could have sent Elijah when her barrel was still full of meal. However, I wonder how much more difficult it might have been share. It would have been to share what she had, right? She knows there's a famine in the land. She still has this barrel of food. Maybe it can make that barrel last long enough for the famine to end. And she still wants to rely on that option. But the Lord waited until her resources were completely depleted. I believe it would have been easier to share with the prophet when she knew she was going to die anyway. And this is an incredible lesson in the Lord's wisdom, right? He's wise. He knows that if he let her deplete all of her other options, it would have been much easier to take that act of faith and to feed Elijah first. The Lord knew her. He knew that she needed a miracle. And in order to receive that miracle, he knew that she needed to act in faith. And he picked a dang good time (laughs) to ask her to show that act of faith. At what point do we usually turn to the Lord? I imagine if you're anything like me, (laughs) it is when your other 
options and avenues have been completely depleted, wasted. There's nothing else, right? Even though we have been given the gospel, we're not Gentiles. Even though we have had personal experiences with our Heavenly Father, that fear can still take hold in our hearts. Are we stingy with our time, our money, our energy, our faith? Do we hold on for dear life until we get to the point where we're about to crash and burn anyway? So we finally just let go of the wheel, let Jesus take it. The Lord is so wise. That is the lesson. If that was the reason that the widow chose to feed Elijah, there is a lesson there. And the lesson is that the Lord is wise in his timing and how he works with us. Second potential lesson is that maybe we should practice (laughs) showing faith in the Lord before our barrel has run out of meal. Last concept that I want to talk about with this story. It's a detail. It's not a verse. It's a detail. And it is a detail that if I had heard the story about any person, right, and I just heard the beginning of the story, I would have thought Elijah was so selfish and rude to ask this widow to do that. I imagine that she's lived in poverty for a while, potentially even before the famine began. Who knows how long she's been living in poverty and complete hopelessness because it was not easy being a woman and it was definitely not easy being a widow back then. And Elijah said, give me food first, (laughs) feed me first. And like I said, I would have thought, what a loser that he would ask this widow who had already been through so much to feed him first. Like, you're rude. But he was a prophet. <laughs> so what is the lesson here? Sometimes the prophet asks us to do hard things. It's interesting because while I was writing this, while I was preparing for this video, The example that kept coming to my mind, now this is a very specific example, but the principles that we're talking about can apply to a million situations. However, this specific example kept coming to mind. The idea of race and the priesthood, the fact that in our church's history, there was a period of time when African-American men were not given the priesthood. I can imagine that when a prophet stands up and says, we need to have faith, for some, I'm sure it feels like they're rubbing salt in the wound, that the pro- that they can look and be like, you're white. You don't know what it's like <laughs> to be discriminate- discriminated against, right? That that is a legitimate feeling that they are having. And you're just rubbing salt in it saying, you just need to have faith, right? And I know that as I share this principle, I am sharing it through the len- a lens of belief in a prophet of God, right? And I'm sharing it through a lens that I have never really been affected by my race. But I share it anyway, despite my lack of personal experience. I share it anyway because I believe that it is a healing principle if we truly understand it. The widow needed an opportunity to show faith. And it wasn't just so that her barrel wouldn't run out of food, right? If I had been Elijah, I imagine that I would have just, (laughs) if I hadn't received specific commandment of the Lord, I would have seen her and been like, you need some help. (laughs) I'm going to give you this miracle because you've already been through a ton, right? But the Lord knows, knows better. He knew that she needed the opportunity to show faith and she needed it for two reasons. One, in verse 
15 of the same chapter, it talks about how this barrel of food that was only supposed to make a little bit for her and her son, it lasted them and Elijah many days. Elijah stayed with them many days and they all ate out of this barrel that was supposed to have run out of food. I can imagine in that time period in which Elijah was staying with the widow that she learned a lot about the God of Israel. And that act of faith, surely a miracle could have opened her eyes and softened her heart a little bit to prepare to receive the gospel. But how much more did it prepare her to receive the gospel when she took that leap of faith? She acted in faith and she was given a knowledge of our heavenly father, of the God of Israel. Second reason she needed this opportunity. In this same chapter, just when everything looks like it's going to be okay, right? She's had it. She's had it tough. She's a widow. She's got this child. They were about to starve to death together. And now, hallelujah, they've learned about him and father. They have been given a miracle in which they have enough food, despite the fact that everyone around them is still starving and in famine. Just as everything is coming together, her son dies. Her child dies. And because of this act of faith, when you read, so Elijah learns that this child has died. And when you read Elijah's prayer over this child, you can see how he has been affected by this widow and the faith that she showed. You can see that Elijah's heart was softened. This is the first time in recorded scripture that we see that someone, someone raised from the dead. And I imagine that Elijah's heart was immensely softened by the faith that he saw this widow act upon. And because of his softened heart, he prayed and he brought her son back to life. She was given an opportunity, despite the fact that it made no sense that Elijah would ask for food first when he could grant that miracle, when he could give her the sustenance and the answers that she needed. Elijah was not being cruel. He was giving her an opportunity to act in faith, to bring immense blessings into her life. Elijah asking for food first might have seemed careless and cruel. Sometimes the things that prophets ask may seem careless and cruel to some people. To all of us at one point or another, right? But regardless of why, we have been given an opportunity, an opportunity to show faith. And because it's that much harder to take that step of faith, just like it was that much harder for that widow, that faith will serve us all the more, right? Every more ounce of sacrifice that we're given, giving in that step of faith is going to equal immense amounts of blessings upon our heads. I have a testimony that the atonement can right all wrongs. I don't know why <laughs> African-Americans were denied the priesthood. I don't know a lot of the whys behind a lot of things that happened in the history of the church or why things happen in our lives, right? There's not always answers, but I do have a testimony that the atonement can make up for all of it. That because Heavenly Father loves us, he will make up for every pain and more than what we suffered here in this life. And in the meantime, 
the pain that we are experiencing, the doubts that we are experiencing, we have been given opportunities. If we flip it on its head, we can see that we've been given opportunities to show faith in difficult circumstances. And the more difficult the circumstances, the more blessings that we can call down upon ourselves. Just like with this widow, she was asked to do something hard. She did it and she received a miracle that provided for her, right? As long as she needed it forever, if that was what she needed. I'm grateful for my Heavenly Father and my Savior. I'm grateful that they let me go through hard things and give me opportunities to show faith and that they bless that faith for myself, for my family, for people I love. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.